0: Hello, and welcome to the Turbulent Marketing Podcast, where we talk to industry experts about the ups and downs of marketing. Our host is
1: Mike Williams, Director at Jetstream.
0: All right, welcome to another episode of the Turbulent Marketing Podcast. Uh, really excited to have another uh, great guest with us. Today we have Karina Ludwig, uh, President and Partner at Function Fox. So welcome to the podcast, Karina. Really great to have you here.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me, Mike.
0: So why don't we why do we jump right into it? Uh, I know that Function Fox has been around for a long time. I actually interviewed at Function Fox years ago. Man, I don't know how many years. Maybe that was like 18, 20 years ago. I don't want to feel that old, but I, I guess it's true. Um you guys have been going for you're in your 20th year. Uh maybe you can tell us a little bit about function fox, your role there. Uh, and, and then we can dive a little bit into the history of uh, what you guys have been up to from a marketing standpoint.
1: Yeah, for those that haven't heard of Function Fox before, we offer online timesheets and project management. So simply put, it's a software product to help creative companies or creative professionals with uh, everything from the start of their projects right through to the end. Uh, and we focus on advertising, design, uh, marketing companies, anyone that's in the creative space. And we also work with in-house companies, so Marcom companies, where they've got a smaller group uh, that need internal services to help with the management of their projects and clients. So that's that's really in a nutshell what Function Fox does. And it started off from a company called Suburbia Studios, which is in Victoria, and they were looking for an a product to help them track their time and manage their projects. And there wasn't really a lot around at that point, there was, you know, really big, expensive uh, clients and profits at the time, and it was close to a $20,000 investment for a small agency, that was a lot of money. And so we really looked to see, you know, is there something else out there? And and there wasn't. And so what we did is we built our own um, and found that, You know what this is actually pretty good and so we used it internally to track our clients and projects and the suburbia uh, clients in terms of their billing and receivables and all the projects and clients that they had on the go and then we found that it was working really well for us and put it out to a few other people and they said hey this is something you know really good and we thought well maybe we've got something here so it was never built out of uh, a need for starting a new business it was really built out of a need for what suburbia needed and that's usually the best way to to start something new and we took it from there and gave it to some uh, friends and sort of other agencies in the area and across canada they found that it was working really well for them and we said yeah we've got something here so we did a a call did about 300 calls at the time to the us just to see what the sort of big player was in the market and there was really nothing, Mm. especially nothing online. And so we said, yeah, let's move forward. So really kind of by chance, uh, really landed into it in terms of the need for us. And then it grew into, you know, fast forward 20 years uh, to a, a company that's used globally in terms of our product. We've got hundreds of thousands of users logging in every day and uh, recording time and projects and clients and reports. And we've had some of our clients since day one. So that's, that's pretty cool. And then a team of about uh, 20 all here locally in Victoria, and then some remote. Um, And now with the, you know, pandemic, uh, pretty much everyone's remote.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, it's uh, certainly a a time to get used to working remote. So uh, hopefully that's working well for you. Um, I, I assume that you worked at Suburbia prior to the launch of Function Fox, like, and how has your role sort of evolved, uh, as the company has grown?
1: Yeah. So I didn't, um, it was sort of an, an interesting story. I, uh. I grew up in Victoria. After school, I went to Vancouver. I was in, uh, design and advertising. That was really what I was going for. I went to Emily Carr six years, got my bachelor's degree. And then from there, I had always had the vision to kind of travel and go to New York and Calgary and that sort of thing. So I worked for Adobe in Calgary. Then I went to New York and worked at Ogilvy and Mather, huge advertising Mm -hmm. design firm. Um, and it was it was amazing. It was a great experience. You know, fifteen hundred people just in the New York office alone, and it was working on Jaguar and Seagrams and Rolex and some like really big accounts. And not from a marketing standpoint, I was a traffic manager, so literally a glorified paper pusher. Um, but but for really for really you know big clients, so it was really great learning experience. Um, and then, from there, I returned back to Victoria, really for my my best friend and my my now husband, um, and came and really wanted something in traffic management and production. My strength has always been in sort of organization and project management, uh, and didn't really find anything. I applied for a few different companies. Suburbia was one of them. They didn't have a, a specific position for me, but they saw my resume and were like, who's this person from New York? And, um, you know, with my credentials, they they brought me in for an interview. And, you know, I went in and I'm thinking, no, there's there's nothing really there. And I got a call back and was kind of honestly surprised. And there was no official job. There was no job description. It was just really a opportunity. And I thought sure, I'll try it. Um, You know, the other the other prospects I had on the table were specific design jobs, you know, background and graphic design. So that was something that I could do, but not really my interest. And um, it wasn't, you know, come in and let's build a company uh, for this time tracking project management, it was come in and and see if you can help with with something completely different. It was like an online print sort of event. And it wasn't something that uh, ended up going anywhere at all. And we did the timesheet thing on the side and, and that really took off. And so it naturally just evolved. And then, so I was officially employed by Suburbia when I first started. And then we started to form a company and, and brought in Suburbia staff, sort of helped with that. And then we had our first hires in terms of development and, um, hired many people over the years. So, so yeah, it was a natural evolution.
0: Yeah, so it's, it sounds pretty organic. So, so uh, bootstrapped. You didn't raise any money or anything like that.
1: Yeah, so we did a, a small, there was not a big, uh, you know, seed. There was a little bit. So we sort of put it out to friends and family. We were looking for about a half a million. And uh, the the president, or sorry, the CEO at the time, Mary Lynn, who's uh, still founder today, obviously, she put it out to her friends and family. And uh, someone from her group sort of stepped forward and said, yeah, we've, we've got half a million and we'll invest. And so really, that's what we started with. And we've never had any additional... Uh, investment since then, we've always been, you know, self-funded using any sort of uh, revenue and profits to continue our growth and slow and steady over the last 20 years has proved very successful for us. Uh, so that's the way that we've we've gone and it's, it's worked out really well.
0: Yeah. And, and Victoria, there seems to be a lot of, of bootstrapping, not as much uh, raising money, uh, mm-hmm. but it sounds like uh, a lot of companies have a similar sort of model where we're going to roll our profits back in, Uh, and when you raise money, you know, maybe you don't realize that, uh, you're going to have those profits, right? You're Mm -hmm. not really thinking in that mindset. So you've built a pretty solid, uh, business in that way. Yeah. Uh, where does the name function Fox come from? I don't think I've ever heard the story behind that. I love the name.
1: Yeah. So the original, uh, the original name was function five and we brainstormed and came up with a bunch of names. And it really came from that F5 key on your keyboard. So the shortcut key to make things a lot easier. And so right. Function 5 was the kind of the original launch. We launched with the Function 5 website. And then people were calling us F5, which was natural. There was another company in Victoria at the time called F5. And we thought, you know what, this is not good. We were already getting confusion with that. And being another Victoria company, we thought that that wasn't a good thing. So we liked the alliteration of the, you know, F5 and Function 5, um, but sort of went back to the drawing board. And we were working on, Superbia Studios is on Beaver Lake Road. So we're like Function Beaver and Function (laughs) Ferret and (laughs) some sort of crazy things. And then people were like, you know, Function Fox. Oh, that's a, that's interesting. You know, there's, there's a lot of really great connotations with that. So they're clever and they're smart. And, mm-hmm. you know, there's some slyness in there, which we kind of liked, um, you know, and there's some caricature around that. So you can build sort of a brand around that. Um, so we went with that. We didn't realize that it would be as challenging over the phone. So, you know, saying that you're calling from Function Fox is right is tough, honestly. Um, but, <laughs> but it's worked out well for us. And um, we used to have our product called TimeFox. So we were going to have a suite of products, TimeFox and ClientFox and DocketFox. And that just got confusing for people. So when we rebranded a few years ago, I guess in 2009 or 10, uh, we said, forget the TimeFox, let's just be FunctionFox, because that's what everyone knew us as. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, so the names, the names worked really well for us
0: yeah I actually uh when I was trying to create a company, and I probably took a page from function fox i i, I registered the domain clickfoxmarketing.com mm. and I was like, oh, this is great, and I really like the you know like the same things you liked about Fox uh, and then uh, when I registered the Twitter name, this company reached out to me, ClickFox Analytics, and shut it all down. <laughs> so I had to start over, but uh, I do like the the name Fox. It has kind of like you said, like clever and wise and cunning and yeah. It's a good name.
1: It's, it's tough, right? And to find names that are unique enough, um, especially in the saturated market, to find a name that stands out and that's memorable. Uh, and it's not something like, you know, like click fox is great because it's got the fox, but there's lots of other click Companies, Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, um, and using words that you know really stand out or that are not too difficult to spell, and you know, there's lots of science that goes into picking a name, so that's a Mm -hmm. whole other other topic.
0: Right, that's a different podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, so going back a little bit, because you you actually worked at Ogilvy and Mather, which you know to me is kind of a big deal because David Ogilvy's, Mm -hmm. I don't know, the father, the grandfather of of advertising. Uh, What what was that like? Like good and bad.
1: It was, uh, so I was working at Adobe at the time. I literally took the Friday off and I went for interviews and flew out there, did 11 interviews um, at different agencies in New York and kind of did one day. I didn't want anyone to know that I had flown to New York. My mom's a, a flight attendant. So it was you know cost effective to do that. And then um, got 10 of the 11 jobs. OLV and Mather was the last one of the day. And I just I just love the energy and the person that was interviewing me. And I just felt like, yeah, this is somewhere that I could call home. Um, And it was just so big and overwhelming. I was 20, I guess I was 22 or 23 at the time. So, you know, going to New York on your own and not knowing anyone. And it was, it was a kind of a big deal. Um, And it's just great learning experience. You know, everyone was pretty much senior to me. They had been in New York for a long time, you know, really, I think some of the stereotypes that you hear of New York were very true. You know, it was really about how much are you making? What's your title? What's your background? What are your credentials? It, it was less for me about, you know, who you are as a person and mm. cultural and family and a lot of the reasons why I ended up moving back. Um, But the experience overall, you know, taught me everything from design and advertising and not so much marketing, honestly, um, but really how to move things through the system. And at that time, there was, you know, computers and internet were all pretty new so you're Mm -hmm. physically walking around with a deck of getting people to sign off on you know proofs and that sort of thing and you know timing was tough and you were currying and mailing things out to to other people and it wasn't just you know pdfs and send and get markups it was very different very different and to put it in perspective I was a traffic manager so really routing paper and getting approvals there was 49 other traffic managers at the agency so my first meeting was sitting around a table boardroom table with 50 traffic managers and talking about all the jobs in the agency and a lot of it was way over my head. Um, they were talking about uh, taxi toppers. I'm like, I had never even heard of taxi toppers um, and things that, you know, uh, just new terms that I just didn't know. Not, you know, one being from Canada and everyone's talking a little bit differently and, I'm, you know, definitely stood out and I was in an element all of my own, but it was, yeah, fast forward, it was an excellent learning experience and, uh, you know, a lot of what I learned there I, I've used today.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And so how long were you there for?
1: Uh, just under a year. So, okay. you know, I think I decided probably two months in that it wasn't for me, but I stuck it out because I had made the move and I thought, you know what, from a resume perspective um, and a learning perspective, I really enjoyed the job. I just didn't enjoy the city as much as I thought I would. Um, and so, yeah, I, I stuck it out and it, it worked out well.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, it's a great thing for your resume and and really cool. Um... Uh, piece of experience to have, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was your education? You, you, you took graphic design, is that?
1: Yeah. So t- traditional graphic design, um, you know there's typography in there there's a couple there was a couple of marketing classes but you know if you look back this is 1996 so you know computers were just coming out there was no internet there was no social media people weren't doing online banking so you know what we learned then is is not applicable today at all uh how you apply those principles and practices obviously is similar but you know i, I what i remember from marketing was the 4 Ps um you know like really really basic stuff um and so there was sculpture design I did a lot of sculpture work and there was color classes there was life drawing classes I mean I don't use any of that stuff today in my you know function fox business other than the creative side of things um but yeah it wasn't a a marketing education so it was four years of graphic design to get my diploma at Emily Carr and then I did additional two years of um, courses at another college, basically, to get my degree so that I could actually go work in the states
0: hmm. yeah very very cool uh, It's an interesting background and interesting sort of mm-hmm. where you've, where you've ended up um, so uh, let's kind of dive into uh, the history of, of function fox and, and from a marketing standpoint what What are some of the the highs and lows that kind of stand out you uh, uh, for you? Uh, during that time, like, where are the, like, oh my God, we reached this level of scale or we created this campaign and it worked amazing. Uh, Are there some of those stories that stick out to you?
1: Yeah, there's lots, uh, you know, 20 (laughs) years with literally millions of dollars invested in marketing. There's lots of great learning and things that, uh, you know, I would say every high has a low and every (laughs) low has a high because there's (laughs) things that you learn from those. Right. Um, I would say, you know, starting out, we built a website and we thought people would just come to the website and buy. You know, that's you build it and they will come, and that wasn't actually the case, strangely enough. Mm-hmm. Um, so we actually launched without a demo or a trial. We thought people don't need that; they're just going to buy. It's, you know, of course, it's simple, it's easy to understand, and we had always focused on being uh, very simple and affordable, and and that still stuck with us till today. Uh, so that was our our primary sort of um, different sort of proposition in terms of how we want to stand apart from everyone else and so for our first marketing we thought okay how are we going to do this how do we really want to launch and so we started with uh what we called a pilot project and we chose 50 companies in vancouver and we assessed them out and then for the first day we fedexed them a pi server like an actual pi lifter Mm -hmm. um With a a tag on it that said, isn't it about time you kept a bigger slice of the pie? And isn't it about time was our tagline at the time. And so they got this in the mail. They didn't know what it was related to. It did have our website address on it. So some people went to our website uh, at that time. And then the second day, we sent them an actual physical pie. So they Mm. got a hot pie delivered. And we thought, of course, people are going to like, they're going to eat the pie. They're going to share it with their team. They're going to search us online. And they're going to buy. So, do you want to guess, Mike, how many people of those 50 bought? Uh, To this day, out out of 20 years later, how many of those 50 are customers with us today?
0: I'm trying to, I'm assuming this is a high, that it worked amazingly and that like 50 people signed up. One. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) But are they with you today?
1: One, one, it still is. So yeah, there you go. (laughs) (laughs) Lifetime
0: value is is worthwhile.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So it did work out, but you know, you think that something like that is going to be absolutely groundbreaking. And of course, why couldn't they buy? And no, some of them we didn't even hear from. So that, that was really discouraging.
0: I do really Um, love the, I love the the tagline. It's about time, right? mm -hmm. I I like, I like puns. I like dad jokes. I love plays on words. So I I like that. Um, And, and certainly like, you know, like for me, I've been so engrossed in digital marketing that I don't think of those offline creative ideas, right? I'm always like, how do I reach them online? How do I reach them online? Even that idea. I'm like, let's bring them online. That's just how my brain works. So I really like the creativity. It's sad to hear that it didn't work or maybe it did. You got one customer that's been with you for a long time.
1: Yeah. Um, and really digital wasn't, wasn't prevalent at that point. It was all, uh, Offline and print marketing and that sort of thing. And so the next, the next big one for us was Suburbia Studios was a really cool space, and they were doing a design feature on that. And Suburbia was going to get uh, a photo in How magazine, and How magazine for us was like our big industry leader. And so we did up this huge poster with the Function Fox logo and FunctionFox.com, and that was kind of the first announcement of Function Fox in, in the print world. And that worked. Uh, we had people sort of sign up, and we knew we could track it really easily because there was no one else in the U.S. that really knew our Function Fox name. And then from there, the other, the next big marketing one was we did a, um, we got coverage. It was about three or four pages in in one of the How magazines, and it was free coverage Uh, and they did a full write-up spread on us in terms of screenshots and kind of how we started and what we were all about and we had phones ringing off the hook so that was you know by far one of the highs Uh, was one that we definitely all remember it was like that how issue was you know golden for us and it really got our start in the marketing world in terms of putting our name on the map and and giving us some credibility. Uh, and then we did other things. We did an open house. We did a, a pilot open house um, and we served pies. We invited everyone in Victoria. Um, and a lot of people wanted to see the Suburbia Studios building, a really cool building out on West Saanich, and people wanted to see inside. So we were like, mm-hmm. let's have an open house. We'll invite everyone. We'll do pies and drinks and that sort of thing. And then we'll do like a 15, 20 minute overview of what Function Fox is all about. So we put on a huge screen projector, you know. Uh, on the wall and showed everyone kind of what it was all about and did a little talk. And we had people come up to us and they're like, Oh, that's really cool. But you know, it doesn't have, you know, I would probably use if it had a stopwatch. So we're like, okay, let's build a stopwatch in it. So we built a stopwatch and, and got a sale from building a stopwatch in it, and that's still a customer today. So, you know, that was a marketing win. And we had a few others that said, oh, if you did this, you know, we would probably look at it. Some people pass it on to other people. So I think that was a win and something creative that, you know, people don't necessarily think of these days as, oh, let's do an open house to mm-hmm. sell our product. Um, nothing really digital at that point other than having a, a website and we did add a, a trial at that point uh so that people could try it out before they bought it so a little learning along the way but those were some of the early highs and then some of the lows um we can switch to some of those and then back to the highs maybe But Be- before lows.
0: we do that i'm just sure. curious i'm just curious who's the big pie fan there's a lot of pie uh being sent out i'm just kind of curious is someone like making pies or
1: No, it was just we just thought, you know, when you're when you're looking at the pie idea came from really like a a pie chart. And so we related it to getting a bigger slice of the pie. Isn't it about time you had a bigger slice of the pie? Mm -hmm. And then we showed getting more billable hours and billable efficiency. And so we used the pie analogy as a way of reporting. And that's where the pie came in. So it wasn't anyone. I I mean, I'm a baker and I I love pie, but uh, it wasn't specifically
0: uh, for that okay I, I just thought maybe someone really liked baking pies and wanted to to make a bunch and see people eat them but
1: no we we hired a vancouver company to do that and for our 20th year um we celebrated our 20th year and we ended up sending now we're all remote we sent pies to all the staff oh, awesome. remotely so it was kind of a nice way to to celebrate nice. 20 years yeah
0: very cool mm-hmm. so uh sorry you're going to go on about uh, some of the other stories as well
1: right so uh we launched in the middle of the sort of dot-com bust, and, mm-hmm. you know, to launch an, an online company at that time was really tough. Uh, other lows were doing marketing during the recession. We sent out our first direct mail piece um, to, we picked the biggest state, so we picked New York, and it landed on September the 11th. Oh,
0: no. Oh my
1: God! And the headline, one of our customers was called "Holy Cow, Holy Cow" from Sydney. Um, still customers today, and the the front headline on our postcard was "Holy Cow," and it landed on September 11th. Oh my! <laughs> so we were like, oh no, like you can't stop direct mail, right. um, and people were receiving it on, and it worked out and it didn't work out. So Mm -hmm. some thought it was really good, some didn't, but it definitely put our name on the map. So you know, direct mail at the time was uh something that we did often. We were, you know, licking stamps and sealing envelopes in in our boardroom and sending mail out every week. And you know, we did things very old school and we tracked them on paper. It wasn't even an Excel and it was, you know, it was really archaic if you think back to it (laughs) nowadays. Um, But it worked. You know, some of those things really worked.
0: Yeah. And I wonder, I wonder how those ideas would work today because they would stand out and, and even direct mail would probably be more cost effective. And, and if you could bring attention to something. And of course, my digital mind is like, send them something in the real world and bring them online. Or even like if you had a billboard or something, bring them uh, online. So, you know, do you use any of those tactics still today? Like you go back to your roots and say, Hey, we should do direct mail or
1: yeah absolutely and you know direct mail is more expensive but if you think about how many emails do you get a day versus how many pieces of mail do you get i mean right now during the pandemic it's really tough to do direct mail Mm
0: -hmm. because people
1: are working from home and we don't have their home address and people aren't at the office um but we've done things where you know we're sending we do pretty much an annual uh Promotion, so we'll send them a postcard in the mail, and we've sent out you know over a hundred thousand uh, postcards you know there's a big cost associated with that, mm-hmm. but it's really cool where someone will be like they'll call us and they're like, yeah, I've had this postcard sitting on my desk for a while you know can you still honor this and we ask them what the offer code is on it and it's like it's been sitting on their desk for five years oh wow <laughs> so you know those are things that i I see as a success where you don't necessarily get a ton of signups. Sometimes we do, depending on the offer. But um, you know, people will keep that postcard for a long time, a lot longer than they'll keep an email for right. um, an email campaign. I mean, we only started with that later on, we've got probably over 170,000 in our database in terms of email names, unique emails. And we used to do email campaigns, and they work really well for a long period of time, we could send out an email blast. And we've we'd get a ton of demo signups and, you know, they'd convert to sales and then emails stopped really working. It was just, you know, there was more spam filters and people were getting a lot smarter about it and uh, they're just getting inundated with emails. So we found, you know, exactly like you're right, go back to our roots and do some direct mail. And, and that worked really well in conjunction with doing, you know, a campaign that included email marketing along the way. So
0: Right, right, and and so um, over the, over the years as well, you've rebranded a couple of times. Is that right?
1: Uh, truly, only really once. Um, so we had the original Function Fox logo, which was a, a green fox. We launched with that website. You know, I guess F five was our original, but it it didn't last for very long. It was probably months at the time, um, and then in two thousand I think 10, we rebranded as, as instead of Time Fox, we were pushing Time Fox as the name. We said, nope, no longer, we'll just be Function Fox. And we got uh, one of our clients, one of our customers to rebrand, uh, you know, taking a step out from suburbia. They're really good in terms of design. But it was, you know, when you're sitting inside the glass, it's really hard to read the label, so to speak. So we went out and we used one of our customers and said, yeah, we want a new look and a new face. Um, And they rebranded for us, gave us a new logo and, you know, updated our corporate colors and really just did a bit of a shift. And that was actually really positive for us, not only for the staff.
0: I can't hear you. Nope, can't hear you. I don't know what happened it sounded like something clicked out there we go that clicked out oh. you heard me? yeah yeah weird <laughs> yeah we'll have to okay. edit that
1: uh okay. where were we um
0: uh, you're talking about a rebrand
1: right so i'll go back and say so we initially looked at Rebranding, and we decided to go out sort of outside of suburbia. They do great advertising and design, but really wanted to take a step back and look at a new perspective. So, really, kind of like you know, when you're you're in your glass, you can't read your own label. And so, we went outside uh-huh. to one of our clients and said, you know, could you help us with this? They knew our product, they had been with us uh, for a really long time, and decided to to help us and came back with new colors and uh, new logo and just a new fresh feel instead of time fog it was function Fox, and it really helped us from a standpoint of you know everyone that had tried time fox or had seen us before they now thought we were a new company and so that that was actually really good for us and then those that you know realized that we were the same company it was just oh you're fresh and you've got a new interface and uh you know new ux new ui and um that did did really well for us so rebranding definitely helped
0: yeah, that, that's interesting that you say that uh, uh, companies thought of you as, an, as a new company because right? mm-hmm. now you call them up or they see your marketing like, oh, what's this company? And it's like something all like you get a second chance.
1: Yeah, it was great. And, and we were able to kind of, you know, call those ones that had written us off in the past for being outdated or mm-hmm. ugly or old or whatever um, and just come back with, no, we're fresh, we're modern and we've been around for a long time and sort of we had good credibility there. So it worked out well.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, So, so uh, during this time, or even more recently, uh, what's been sort of a big digital marketing success? Has there been anything that just like, you know, search or social or any of those platforms really uh, taken off for you or anything that you've jumped on that you're like, Oh, we didn't think that TikTok was going to be a big thing for us. Anything like that?
1: Yeah, so uh, Google, obviously, Um, I wish I would have I wish we would have invested as much then as we do now, if we would have used the same budget that we're using now, you know, 10 years ago, Mm -hmm. I think it would have been a a huge uh, shift. So You know, it's different now in the terms of the digital world. When we launched originally, there was probably five players in our space. Now there's literally hundreds. Uh If you want to look at the time tracking project management, there's less in the sort of niche focus in terms of advertising design companies and in terms of the product use. Um, But from a digital space, you know, we've we've really tried everything under the sun uh, from all the print stuff right through to all the digital stuff. And we've tried pretty much everything some obviously much more successful than others and then even just responding to those emails that look like crap where you know they're trying to sell you something and, and i'm always like you know maybe there's something there i'll i'll give the person 15 minutes to kind of see if there's a fit and we found capterra and software advice that way and we kind of went oh listing on a directory mm-hmm, i don't know about that and it's one of our our biggest draws now in terms of um you know new lead sources so you know i would say say yes to those kinds of things when they come in and just kind of scope it out and then there's other things that we've done like obviously ppc and ppl with lots of different companies around the world we're doing more stuff with providers from you know international companies where we were only looking at u.s and canada before but there's some great stuff out of the uk and australia and new zealand so we're doing that social media um you know i'll say that that hasn't been strong for us i think it's you get what you put into it we don't Mm -hmm. put a lot into it um you know, we don't have a huge following and that's not really our business in terms of where people are uh, specifically for for the advertising design side of it. Um, I'm sure some um, others can argue with me on that one, but that's my personal viewpoint. And then referrals have been huge for us. We've been around for 20 years. So, you know, credibility in the marketplace and uh, having literally thousands of evangelists that use our product every day and, and, you know they're raving fox fans, as they call themselves, um, and just spreading the word and we offer a referral program and lots of articles and things that we give back to our our clients for free and free customer support and that sort of thing so it's it spreads quite well, and um, we're very thankful and have lots of gratitude for people that come to us from other people
0: yeah, awesome and they, they don't stick around for twenty years if they're they're not truly in love with the company and the product, so that's a good mm-hmm. sign there. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I'm kind of, uh, curious about, um, your strategy because, uh, I, what I see with a lot of companies, like, uh, they will do digital marketing and they're like, I've got to be in search. I've got to be in social. I got to do something content. I got to do email. Uh, but, but you've said no to a lot of things, which is actually what I encourage more clients to do is like, no, stick to these things that you're going to do, go where your customer is. Um, you know, and, and I know you have the, you know, like you use the OPSP and, you know, follow that, um, how much like research and time and effort did you put into to determining that strategy or was it more of like a trial, uh, and error? Because, uh, what I always say about strategy is it's almost more important what you say no to considering mm-hmm. your time, resources, money that you have to put into this. It sounds like you've done some of that. Was that research based or was that like trial and error?
1: Uh, A bit of both. I would say that we've We've said yes to everything to try it. We'll put a small budget towards it, so you know either for free and say, "Yeah, what can you give me for free?" If someone comes and wants me to buy something, I'll just say, "Yep, yeah. you know, give us some remnant space or give us a, a small piece of advertising." And if we see results, then we'll you know throw more money at you, um, or we've thrown five hundred bucks or a thousand dollars at something to try it and see if there's any kind of intake from it. And if there is, then we'll throw you know more money at it. So no cap on the things that are working really well if we're seeing the return on it and the things that we don't see anything from we just say you know what that's off the table so you know we call it the peel and stick method uh, or doubling down right you double down on the stuff that's really good and you take the stuff off that's not working and it shifts over the years you know like email Uh, email used to be one of our our best lead sources and now it's not Um, you know direct marketing or direct mail has been Uh, shifted over the years. And so we've used that in a combination of things. Uh, We've done, you know, cold calling. Uh, People don't like that, but it's worked really well for us. We have a really good sales team. And it's not just someone cold calling you, it's someone having a conversation about your business. And so that's proven to be very successful. We've done trade shows, uh, where we're meeting people in person, we're talking about the business, we're giving them examples and case studies, we're showing them how it works, you know, having a live human face-to-face conversations, which I think, you know, you don't get in the digital world. So uh, that's always been very much a part of us. We're very human and, and really want to connect with people, you know, one-on-one and look at it as one conversation as, at a time rather than, you know, on, on mass scale. Um, we've done transit advertising, so on the back of buses. That was more for hiring rather than for our product. But people are like, oh yeah, function fox. I saw you guys on the back of a bus, you know. Um so we got we actually got sales from that that we never anticipated because people are like, who's function fox? What's that all about? Uh we've done online giveaways, we've done uh some radio advertising, we did um some other guerrilla marketing stuff along the way, you know, similar to the pies where we sent out pizza or Uh, we've sent donuts and you know candy bombs and all sorts of fun stuff and and some of those have done really well they've helped with social for sure um referrals bundles channel partnerships um, connecting with other groups that we think might be a good fit uh something that a lot of people wouldn't do which has worked really well for us is partnering with our competitors so people are like really how do you do that um I just call them up and just say, "Hey, we're in the same space. You know, we play with the same group. You guys have an awesome product. Your product does A, B, and C. Ours does D, E, and F. You know, we really should combine forces. And there's leads that you have that you don't want that are better fit for us, and vice versa. And so we've partnered with a lot of the competitors and done a huge amount of business from that. And very thankful to work with the same you know players in the market. And instead of really everyone working alone working together so one of the companies working majig and they're they're much larger than us they do uh, a you know really good job in terms of their product they actually have us on their calling so if they're less than 10 users it automatically just routes to us um, and they put us on their email campaigns if you're this and this and you're looking for this go to function Fox so you know how could you ask for something better than that when, you know, one of your competitors is directly giving you leads. So I think that's where we've been really creative and, and different in the market and looked at, you know, that didn't cost us anything. Um, and we're getting literally thousands of uh, new clients from or leads, honestly, from our competitors.
0: Wow, that, that is super cool and, and unique. I mean, I, I've been in the uh, performance marketing space where it's very intertwined and you end up sort of working with your co opetition or your frenemies. Um, mm-hmm. but, but to hear that, like, this is, this is much different because you're just going to your competitors and saying, Hey, we're both in this and, you know, let's, let's split this up because we offer these things and people will be happy that they came with us versus trying to make it work with you. So, uh, wh- where did that idea come from or whose whose thought was that to be like, Hey, let's reach out to our competitors and, and work with them. Cause that's, certainly unique.
1: Yeah, so I think the first time that it really came to us is there was a trade show that was going on and our big competitor at the time was going to be speaking and we're like, we want a speaking spot and we were we were small at the time and we kind of said maybe there's a way that we can do a dual presentation. And we thought, you know what, like in terms of cost, it's going to be a benefit for them. And so we approached them and said, "Hey, what do you guys think about doing a dual presentation?" you guys talk about all the big things that you can do. Like we don't do integrated accounting with our product. They do. So, you know, if you're a small startup company and at the time, if you're, you know, between one and 10 users, you were a perfect fit for us. They didn't want those ones. Mm -hmm. And the trade show had all, you know, categories at it and all different sizes of companies. And we thought, okay, here's an opportunity for us to help them and for them to help us. And so, At the time, Jig was called Creative Manager Pro, and we said, okay, let's do a dual presentation. They were open to it. So we brought everyone into the room, and we said, yep, here's the two presentations, and then if you're a small group, go to this group, or this side, you see Function Fox, and if you're a larger group, then go to this side. And so that really started it off. And then I went personally and visited them in, in, you know, Austin where they are and uh, gave them big cases of beer and pizza, and (laughs) you know, had had built their relationship. um, And it's continued over the years and their business has shifted and ours has shifted a bit. So things have shifted since then, but overall it's, it's been great. And we're very thankful to have, um, you know, I wouldn't call them competitors. I'd call them other players in the same space. Mm -hmm. Um, And Advantage uh, is another really good product out there. They do integrated accounting at a much better level than we do. And um, same thing with them. So they send us leads, we send them leads. And it's great for us because ultimately, at the end of the day, we want to be able to give our prospects the best product that they need based on their requirements. And so if they come to us and they say, you know, we need integrated accounting or we want all the bells and whistles, or we want, you know, media planning, things that we don't have, we want to be able to give them a solution, not just say no. And so it's great to be able to say, yep, you know, this is a great fit for you, or you should call, um, you know, this person at this company and we feel better because they're landing in a better solution at the end of the day, rather than us just saying, no, we're not a fit.
0: Yeah. I I love that. I think that's so great. Um, And works for everyone works well for everyone involved. Mm -hmm. I'm kind of curious how that, I mean, maybe you have the answer, maybe you don't, but how that works For the customer psychologically like when when they call you up and then you endorse some other company are they then more likely to convert or when you do this presentation and they say okay if you're one to ten go with function fox if you're higher then go with this other i wonder if that like the conversions of that presentation were higher because you gave them these options they're like well that's for me then they're more likely to buy when maybe if they had seen you know a number of different options they they may not or be overwhelmed by the choice so Uh, Just kind of curious if you have some stats around the conversion rates.
1: Yeah, the conversion rates are definitely better. When you're referred or you're recommended to another product, the conversion rates are much higher because they're not coming from a place of, you know, selling in commission. They're coming from a place of true consulting, of really helping that customer find the best niche. And we've also said, okay, you know, they'll come to us and like, oh, you're not a fit for us because of X, Y, and Z. And then we'll recommend some other products and say, yeah, you should go check out these, you know, three or four different solutions. They'll go and they'll realize that, you know what, those things that were on my list were actually not that important. Mm. So we get them back. Oh, interesting. And, And because we're so genuine in terms of helping them rather than selling them, it's they come back with a different light. So they come back to us and say, you know, you're really helpful and there's people that, you know, will go to a competitor of ours, ones that won't want to work with us cause they just, that's not their style. And they're like, they don't have free customer service or I can't get an answer. You know, we just want to work with you because you guys are so great and your product is really good at the end of the day and, and the things that we thought we need, we don't actually need. So I think it's helped us not only in, in building the community of, of time tracking and project management uh, professionals out there, but it's also helped us in terms of you know, building great companies and mm-hmm. we've always had the goal to help creative companies succeed and, and we're doing that kind of one day at a time.
0: Yeah. So, so that is, is that your purpose to help creative it, companies?
1: Yeah, it absolutely is. And, and we've had that, a variation of that line, uh, since we started. So, you know, isn't it about time, um, to look at your profits and uh, efficiencies and accountability and that sort of thing. And it's really been this true staple throughout all the years. At the end of the day, we really just want to help creative companies succeed, uh, help them with their business. And we do that through our tool and through our amazing, you know, talent that we have.
0: Yeah, no, it's, it's really cool. And, and something else that you said as well, that was interesting, cause I've always known that you've done the cold calling thing and oh, that must be really hard. And, you mm-hmm. know, but, but it is a strategy that we know works. I mean, if you look at the numbers, it, it does work. Um, but something you said was, was one-to-one relationships, right? And so that does start with a cold call or, or a cold something, maybe it's a cold mm-hmm. email or cold knock on the door or whatever it might be. It has to start, um, Somewhere. So I'm just kind of curious if like, how far do you go with that? Do you meet with clients uh, in person? Like, do you go to their offices and uh, you know, how do you build on that sort of one-to-one relationship as a, as a company value?
1: Yeah. So we we have the majority of it is is over the phone. And, um, you know, I think prior to the pandemic, most of it wasn't on zoom, it's becoming more prevalent now. But really, it's just a conversation. And, you know, having someone call you up from Function Fox, you know, talking about your business, not selling on what we do, but really talking about saying, you know, are you having issues with Uh, billable efficiency, you know, are there things in terms of your availability and and making sure that your resources are are well planned for, um, you know, are you having a hard time at the end of the month pulling together all the resources in terms of getting your invoices out? Those are things that people, you know, definitely say, yeah, we have challenges with that. And, you know, there's a better way. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's where the conversation starts. And it's really finding out about their business and the challenges that they're having. And if we can help, awesome then, you know, there's a a room, there's room for more conversation in terms of what we can do to to help them either grow their business or improve their organization or profitability. Um, But yeah, it's one conversation at a time. And and some people are like, hey, can you come up to my office? And we'll absolutely do that if it makes sense. And if we need to, but it's pretty simple, it's a a straightforward uh, product. And so, you know, a simple phone call, can we take them through a demo? we use Meeting or Zoom for that, um, you know, show them how it works. And then we're there and it's free customer service. So we include that where a lot of the competitors don't, it's an extra charge. And so, you know, if they have uh, questions that they have from their team every day, or people want to call in and, and ask for advice, we don't just you know, tell them how to use the product, but we also consult with them in terms of, you know, what are the billable rates in your area? Um, You know, did you know that uh, competitors in your space are charging considerably more? I mean, those are things that people don't get information on and we can share that with the thousands of other customers that we've been working with, not specifically saying this person or another, but the service team and the sales team have that inside knowledge to say, you know, you could set this up very differently or did you know that if you, you know, did this, uh, you could increase your revenue. Or do you know that most people are charging for travel? I see that you're not charging for travel. You mm. know, those, are, those are the kinds of things that we can help people with and kind of go, oh, I didn't realize that my competitors are charging for travel time. You know, I can just increase my available hours and increase my revenues. Awesome.
0: Yeah, really, really interesting, and it sounds like you know you're certainly coming from a, a place of trying to help, which I think is a great selling mm-hmm. um, tactic. But that's run all the way through, you know, customer service and the product and and everything. So you're helping uh, at every turn, uh, really, to you know hopefully help the other creative companies uh, succeed. So that's really great as a kind of a core value or a core mission. Mm-hmm. So over over the the time uh, at uh, Function Fox, you know, you've been a big part of it. Uh, Has there been any big success that you're like, like your success, like you kind of own it or one that just really is like, you know, you feel really great about it uh, as almost like a personal uh, marketing success. Is there something that comes to mind uh, for you uh, over this journey?
1: Yeah. I mean, none of these things that we put in place, whether the, you know, it's a campaign or a new tactic or trying something new, none of it's possible just by myself, right? Mm -hmm. It's a team at the end of the day and uh, we have amazing talent and, and I give the team full you know, credit for that. I think there's initiatives that I've been pretty headstrong about about trying. Um, that other people are like, that's not going to work, and I'm like, I want to do it just to <laughs> prove that it's that I like I truly believe in it. And I've I've always backed everyone on on the team as well. I'm like, if you have an idea that you believe in, whether I agree that it's going to work or not. I will give you money and budget towards that to try it out. And some of them have been really good and some yeah. of them, you know, not, not so good. <laughs> um, I think the one that I'm probably the most proud of is, is the cap and software advice. So those were things where people were like, no, nah, that's not going to work. It's just another listing. And I'm like, no, I think we should actually try it. And, you know, it, it requires time and effort to put those mm-hmm. listings up and, you know, have the conversations and build the rapport with the, the list providers. Um, I think those, those are things that I'm proud of. And also the direct mail. I mean, I worked for many years where people are like this direct mail is too expensive and people don't use it. And then, you know, we get the call here and there where someone's like, Oh, I've kept your postcard on my desk. I'm like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, you know, those are the things that I'm proud of, but I think overall just being able to adapt and, and learn, um, you know, what works and what doesn't work and they can be small wins. It's like, you know, you put something out and you hope for the best. And all of a sudden you get, you know, people calling in and you're like, oh my God, it's working. Yeah, yeah. There's other ones that are like, people are like, did that go out? Because I haven't heard anything. I'm like, oh, <laughs> you know, so, um, yeah, it's a bit of a guessing game, but you get to be a little bit smarter over the years and you know where to spend your money and, and where definitely not to. So.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and 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 you know I'm guilty of getting emotionally attached to something where I'm like it has to work, and you're like mm-hmm. I gotta maybe I just tweak it, and it's like no, it like it really just doesn't work. You gotta let it go and move on, and then maybe that idea that you didn't like so much works great, and you're almost like resentful for its success, mm-hmm. uh, but you have to let that go personally and, and emotionally in order to allow these things to succeed uh, because they they work despite your emotional connection to them.
1: Well, and I think now it's a lot easier to track, right? So with all the analytics that are possible, you can really track to see what's working, uh, whether it be social or digital advertising, or, you know, Google AdWords, or whatever. Um, The print stuff was always a little bit harder. um, And it's layered, right? So someone sees uh, your ad in How magazine, then they meet you at a trade show, then, you know, and you don't know all of these things, you don't know that they saw your Right. advertising campaign for sure unless you ask them and sometimes they pass it on to somebody else and that person passed it on to somebody else. So you don't really know the print side of it. You do know if they're connecting digitally or you know sometimes you only know the IP address. Um but it's easier to track now. And so I think there are things that are working there not as measurable, Mm -hmm. uh, but they still work. And so you have to take that into account. And we've had people in our funnel, you know, we've had people where we cold call them and five years later they buy because mm-hmm. they've received our email marketing for five years and they go to a trade show then they've heard from so and so and then the last minute you know someone says oh have you checked out function box and they're like oh yeah right and then they google us and then we go oh you know they saw us on on google well no actually they saw us on you know that original marketing campaign that we did five years ago or the cold call that you know kent called them and and I had a great conversation with them and they finally remember that so
0: yeah, and I think that's the difficult piece is because suddenly you cancel going to trade shows, you don't feel that effect until like six months later because you're not getting as many searches, mm-hmm. right? Or or you, you stop doing the direct mail and then people stop emailing, right? Those, these pieces kind of are so interconnected and that attribution piece to truly know where people are coming from is just so difficult to track. Uh, we do have a lot more insight into digital, but even that is getting kind of... You know, mm-hmm. fractured and, and challenging. And then we've got this kind of cookie gate that's looming that may blow it all up. But uh, for now, we'll, we'll enjoy, uh, you know, some, having some of that tracking ability. Um, so, yeah, so uh, great to have you on the podcast. I really appreciate the time. Uh, is there somewhere that people could follow you or uh, definitely check out Function Fox if they're yeah, interested in seeing more about the company?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Functionfox.com, we offer a free demo trial, Um, you know, customer service. If you just want to have a conversation with someone, obviously, that's a great place to go. And then if people want to learn more about, you know, the secrets to success uh, of how we did things over the years and more in-depth sort of articles about uh, marketing strategies and that sort of thing, my LinkedIn profile has those. So uh, Karina Ludwig on LinkedIn, pretty easy to find. And then there's all of our social media, so you can follow us there as well.
0: Perfect. Great. Well, thanks again for, uh, for coming on the show and appreciate you uh, sharing all of these stories.
1: Yeah. Thanks so much, Mike. Really appreciate being able to share that, uh, that story. It's a fun one. And after 20 years, it's, it's great to see kind of our journey as well.
0: Absolutely. So and congrats on all the success.
1: Thanks very much thanks for
0: listening to the turbulent marketing podcast our show
1: is brought to you by www.jetstream.agency be sure to follow us at jetstream agency and get more episodes of the turbulent marketing podcast wherever you listen to
0: podcasts don't forget to subscribe and share this with one person